Yeah, I mean, they they came in with a plan and they stuck to it the whole way. Cam Coleman was the first guy in the 2024 class that Marcus Davis called as soon as he got the job. Perry Thompson, not long after that. Bryce Kane was the guy that they evaluated in the spring. Um, and his, at that point, he had only ever played one year of football. And they're like, yeah, that's, that's going to be a dude. And he went from being ranked in the thousands to being ranked, I think, number 158 now. Malcolm Simmons has been kind of all over the board, moving to Georgia, playing some running back and whatnot. Um, some schools liked him as a DB as well because of his just freak ath- athleticism. But Auburn zeroes in on him as a wide receiver, and they clean up. You know, you look at the state of Alabama. It, first off, across the country, it's an insanely talented wide receiver year. In the state of Alabama, it's also extremely talented. Auburn gets four of the top five with Ryan Williams being the last one. Um, talking with Cooper Patagna, who we work with at 24-7 Sports, who used to work in the industry, um, one of his last jobs in college football was at Washington um, in the scouting department. And he said that the first thing they did when he got there was they needed to totally reshape the wide receiver room because they figured that would be the first step to get in the offense change around. Who does he get help Washington get there? Puka Nakua, Rome, uh, McMillan, all those guys. You know, Puka is obviously in the NFL. And then the rest of the guys who have been lighting it up and helping Michael Penix get to the uh, the college football playoff now. So that's what he's been comparing Auburn's class to in the sense that they came in, they saw other issues, and they did address them pretty well, but they saw the glaring issue at wide receiver, and that was their primary focus, and it turned out really, really well, especially for Marcus Davis, who's been coaching on the field for three years now, one at Washington, one at, what, Georgia Southern, whatever it was, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, and in year three as a coach, he uh, he lights it up on the recruiting trail. And the second thing that really stands out to me from this class, and I, and I tweeted about this on, on Thursday, so I'm, I'm repeating this if, if you follow me on Twitter. This is the number seven class for Auburn. It's the highest rated one they've had since 2020. That 2020 class is also number seven. Zero five stars and four guys in the top 150 in the composite this year. Two five stars and eight top one fifty guys. That still gets you just seven in uh in 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 this in this day and age where recruiting is you know it's the super team era really in recruiting. Can you kind of just go into a little bit of how like top ten classes or around top ten classes were something that Auburn was just getting accustomed to doing for you know a str- the Prairie Harson era, and now it's like oh how much tougher it is to get to that point now uh, with the way the way recruiting has evolved. Well, and what's interesting is Auburn has 21 signees, I guess, now that you count Towns Magoo, although he's a preferred walk-on who will then get put on scholarship later on. But Auburn does not have the numbers that these other teams have inside of the top 10. A lot of these other teams, even some of the teams behind them, have 26, 27, 28 guys, and Auburn has 20 or 21, whatever it is. This class is really good at the top. It's also really good at the bottom. You know, we were talking with Nathan King uh, yesterday about it and the point that they didn't reach down the board very far in terms of the guys that they were getting uh, or wanted to get, I should say. The lowest ranked commitments or signees that Auburn has now, DJ Barber and Favre Edwin. Favre Edwin, it's pretty well known as kind of a developmental offensive tackle, but a guy that has a lot of really good tools that two years, three years down the line could be a really good left tackle. And then DJ Barber is a guy who the staff just absolutely loves. Not the biggest guy, doesn't have the best size necessarily there at a middle linebacker, but it's just someone that they've liked from the get-go. And you watch him play, and he's very K.J. Britt, Deshaun Davis, 
esque in the sense that not the biggest linebacker, but he's a thumper in the middle. Really, really smart. Has a really quiet confidence to him. So Auburn's class isn't the biggest in terms of numbers, but they made it really, really effective for the rankings. Um, and 2025 is a class where I think they might go bigger in terms of signing more than 25 guys. So that would definitely give you potential to crack inside the top five. One of the other things that I wanted to ask you about specifically, just as a before we kind of dive into the to the players themselves about this class, uh, you know, a, a, as a whole, is you know the the situation that Auburn found itself in this year, where they got off to such a slow start and um, you know had the very disappointing losses against Georgia and against Alabama, obviously, and some other ones as well, New Mexico State. Uh, we talked about how the recruiting, like how Auburn maxed out recruiting those weekends and getting the atmosphere. You know, how much did it play to these guys that even though Auburn didn't win those games, you know, they were in these atmospheres were about as be- as good as you can get in a game that wasn't a win. Uh, and, and how much did that really really help uh, the stretch? Because I think there's a, t- a tendency sometimes for fans to think that, you know, hey, we had a bunch of kids in town and we lost, that's going to hurt. Um, it, it didn't really feel like that was kind of the case, seeing as how many of these guys who were on visits for those games ended up signing with Auburn. Yeah, it's probably the thing that I maybe said the most this fall and that I say constantly on our message board. Fans and recruits do not watch the game the same way, not even close. They do not watch the game remotely similar. Recruits see Auburn come one play away from beating Alabama or a couple of plays away from beating Georgia, and they say, hey, I'm the difference. They win that game if I'm on the field. And what's surrounding us on the field, the atmosphere here is incredible. So I've got a great foundation around me, and then I could be the difference maker. And that all goes back to Auburn's pitch. Look, these recruits were not being sold lies. They were not being told we're going to win 10 games this year. The thing I always go back to um, when we were out in Arkansas talking with Walker White before the season started, one of the things that he mentioned was, um, I think his quote was, I think that Auburn will get into a bowl game this year. That's that's what the coaches were telling him. You know, They're saying, we're going to be fighting to get into a bowl game. They're not saying, hey, we're winning eight, nine games this year. They were telling him how the roster stands, how he could make a difference, and how important he is. And that was obviously more than just Walker White. It's with all those guys. They were very transparent with the situation and how these these guys could be the difference. And next year, you know, Hugh Freeze was talking about it. Some of these guys are just going to have to get thrown in the deep end of the pool, and they'll have to figure it out, especially at wide receiver. Let's let's dig into some of the players specifically uh, uh, from this group. Um, you know, we've we've obviously talked about you know, the wide receivers, Demarcus Riddick. Uh, let's let's talk Demarcus Riddick and, and Joe Phillips at this point because. Free said something on um, on Wednesday that stood out. He talked about, "Hey, this could be the best wide receiver class in the country," and you know, I think I think the numbers bear it out there. This linebacker class, especially when you add the Jacks into the picture for Auburn, I know there's versatility among those guys. This this linebacker core um, is really impressive. Um, you know, I know there was a lot of talk about the Freeze Five, the Freeze Four, whatever wide receiver. But it seems like Auburn did a lot of the same kind of stuff with getting their linebackers. And I wrote about this on on Thursday, uh, and, I, and you definitely know this, Christian. Um, 
what stands out there is that, you know, that's, you know, Jeremy Garrett working some of the edge rushers too, but that's, that's, you know, Josh Aldridge and Jeremy Garrett. These are two guys who came in from Liberty. This is the first SEC job. And like Marcus Davis came in, you know, and, and just absolutely hammered their first class and got it. This linebacker class just, you know, how, how did this kind of group come together and what do you see kind of the potential impact of them knowing that Auburn at linebacker next season, you know, this isn't as, thin of a position group or desperate of a position group as some other ones on, on this team. Yeah, I mean, I think the best point that you brought up there is Jeremy Garrett and Josh Aldridge. There was maybe a little bit of concern from message board warriors, Twitter warriors, when those guys came over <laughs> saying, you know, Harson brought his guys from Boise, so what are these going to be what are these guys going to be like coming from Liberty? Well, Jeremy Garrett had a pretty darn good class, especially last year when you tack on Keldrick Falk and Josh Aldridge had a fantastic class. Look, Josh Aldridge, he's been recruiting this area in the Alabama, the Georgia, uh, Mississippi a little bit from Liberty and from other previous coaching stops. This has been his recruiting area. So he has plenty of relationships with high school coaches down here, and that definitely paid off. He also just gets recruiting from from what I've been able to gather. He knows how to connect with these guys. Um, when the dead period ended in December, you know, going into this last little visit period and they could have contact with recruits, um, this is something I don't think I've shared anywhere. So here's an Auburn uh, Observer exclusive. Oh, here he, we go. He met with Demarcus Riddick for you know he tweeted the picture at Waffle House at 12:01. Mm-hmm. He was he was meeting with Demarcus Riddick. He was showing his um, really highly ranked linebacker some love right at 12:01 as soon as he could, um, which is just it's a small thing, but those things add up, especially when you're trying to build a relationship, especially with a guy who was committed to Georgia previously. So he worked really really hard. Um, Demarcus Riddick is really one of the the spark plugs um, of the class in terms of getting things going. And Joe Phillips was one of the other ones. Joe Phillips really, really got the momentum going in the summer. After him, you got Bryce Kane, you got DJ Barber, Jalen Crawford, Malik Blockton. Then that led you into Big Cat Weekend with Demarcus Riddick just uh, just a couple days before that. And we obviously know what happened at Big Cat Weekend with Perry Thompson, with Malcolm Simmons. Other stuff happened because of Big Cat Weekend with DeAndre Carter and TJ Lindsay and even some of these younger guys as well. So they're obviously fantastic players. I don't, I'm not a, I can't tell you the film as well as a guy like Ferg or other people can. I can tell you the rankings that Demarcus Riddick and Joe Phillips are ranked extremely highly and that Auburn, those were their top targets. They loved those guys. They weren't going to miss on those guys. Same with DJ Barber, Arkansas and T Will made a huge push. They weren't going to miss on those guys. They weren't going to miss on Jamonte Waller either. They missed the first time. They weren't going to miss the second time. And they got all of those guys. And what's a really, really impressive haul for the future of that room. Tell me more about Morris Williams. This is a guy that, um, I mean, you were you were on this a few weeks ago that was like, hey, they're trying to flip LJ McCray. They're trying to flip this Morris Williams kid. They already got Jamonte Waller. Uh, that happened, you know, right after the Arkansas game uh, in November. Tell me more about Morris Williams because I know LJ was the one that had the big you know, five stars next to his name, the great ranking, but I know 247 specifically has a Morris Williams super high, like about as close to a five-star as you can get without being a five-star. And and a guy from North Carolina, a guy that you know Auburn doesn't normally go into North Carolina and, and snag football players. What stands out about him, the big, the big flip that they were able to get uh, after trying to go after KJ and LJ on, on Wednesday? 